Welcome to Fresh Coast Jazz Backstage, the show that gives you a chance to hang with today's top contemporary jazz artists. I'm your host, Carl Brown. Welcome to this week's show, everybody. Um, Today's guest's musical journey started off at six years. When he was six years old, he was given a glued-together clarinet. He is a native of Beaumont, Texas. He's played all around the world, from Japan to Brazil. He's toured with one of my favorite funk bands, the Ohio Players, and now he's making his mark on the smooth jazz world. Please welcome to Fresh Coast Jazz backstage, saxophonist Derwin Daniels. Thanks for coming on today, Derwin. Oh, thanks for having me, Carl. Appreciate being here. Oh, man, we're happy you could make it. Um, I got to tell you, I wasn't real familiar with your music, and then I heard your sweet, sticky thing rendition, and I thought to myself, man, I got to introduce it. And then I started to listen to some more of your music, and I thought, man, I got to introduce this man's music to our audience. Oh, uh, man, I appreciate that. I, you know, I, you know, I love just, you know, finding new music to listen to. And there are sometimes things that I'm a little bit partial to, like the Ohio players. I love the Ohio players. I love funk, right? And right. whenever I hear somebody who kind of puts a little, a little smooth jazz twist on some of those old songs, I can't help but paying paying real close attention and saying, like, hey, I kind of dig that, you know? Yeah, interesting story about that song, too. Okay. You know, I just pulled out my alto, which I was playing mostly tenor and soprano at the time, and I pulled out my alto and kind of warmed it up a little bit and said, I've always wanted to learn Sweet Sticky Thing. Yeah. You know, I you know it's got sax all in it. Yeah. Pick it up, I learned it. About a week or so later, a guy calls me and said, hey, man, uh, we're going to do some uh, uh, work with the Ohio players. Sugarfoot is ready to go out and tour. Okay. And he's putting together. I said, well, man, just give me a call. I just figured out, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're in a vocal rehearsal, and I played a solo. I just learned a solo. Played it down, Sugarfoot heard it, and he said, and for those that don't know, Sugarfoot was the lead vocalist. Right. Of all those. That's that distinctive voice. It's Sugarfoot's voice. Oh, yeah. 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 He said, man, you played the solo just like the record. And even Satch, the original sax player, didn't play it like the record on tours and stuff like that. He said, I'm going to put you over the horn section. I was all like, right. Me? Good. And, uh, yeah, we played and I played that song so many times. I said, I wanted to record it. Yeah. So that's the story about that song that's fantastic man that's fantastic interesting to know how things come about i tell you listening to your music you know your music is sultry it's sometimes reminiscent of that very classic smooth jazz saxophone sound sometimes there's a little bit of a latin flair in some of your songs too you know how do you how do you describe your music it's a mix of what i heard growing up i mean just like most uh and it's so funny because i grew up in beaumont texas yeah i listen a lot of the music my mom was playing probably got more influence from from her, like listening to Dinah Washington, Ella Fitzgerald. Yeah. And then my dad playing saxophone. He was a Navy uh, Navy musician. Okay. So the jazz was there, but we also had public radio here. We had other things that really helped us to learn all these other and get to hear, you know, all the different music. And uh, and later I started listening to a little more classical. Okay. And going through the Baroque era and all the classical period and all these different areas. And yeah. I found that the music that we're listening to today is a straight line, the chord huh. progressions, other things. So I think that influenced me a lot. Yeah. Of course, yeah. I got older brothers and sisters that listened to James Brown. Yeah. Went through the funk. I grew up in the Earth, Wind, Fire, Barcades. And, the, and right. then I to tour and play with all those guys. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. That's awesome. Because knowing that, 
you know, there are so many different types of music out there, right? And to be able to to be a sponge and bring in all those influences, you know, that's one of the things I notice about really, really good musicians is that, you know, they are they listen to all different types of stuff. And yeah. they figure out ways to learn from and or incorporate from all these dif- different genres of music, which is cool. Yeah, very much so. So in addition to, you know, those different types of music, where would you say, you know, other inspiration comes from for you for your music? Playing a school band. Mm-hmm. Was heavy, you know, heavily influenced by my, my band directors and people growing up. But my dad... I got a chance to start playing with him at a very early age, playing okay. drums. I was a drummer in his band, when their drummer couldn't make it to the gigs, I would play with them. I got a chance to tour with Barbara Lynn when I was a teenager. Okay. And 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 if if the if the audience doesn't know Barbara Lynn, she had the the hit, if you lose me, you lose a good thing. Uh-huh. And then in this area, we're close to Louisiana. We have a lot of Zydeco music. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I would say it's just a it's a mix of things. I, I yeah. can't put it on. Understand. Understand. So how many instruments do you play, Derwin? I started on clarinet. Uh-huh. The B-flat, just a straight one. I started that one, and I moved into saxophone. I play guitar. I, I, I like, well, of course, Johnny Guitar Watson. My dad yeah. bought me oh, guitar. Oh, yeah. I was a senior in high school. I said, I got to have a guitar. So he bought me a guitar, and I started learning the chords and the, and the structure. And, uh, and, and I do some of those in the studio, too. Okay. Uh, I don't, I don't, well, I'm a drummer too. My, my younger brother played drums naturally. Just okay. Playing drums. We had drum set around here. So I started learning that too. And I, most of my gigs early on were playing drums. Okay. It was playing drums. So those three instruments is what I really say that, that I play. I wound up having to do a few other things, but I don't call myself uh, an instrumentalist in those areas. Gotcha. Gotcha. But clearly you do enough. If I could sing, uh-huh. I would play the instruments. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you, man. I hear you. But you do a good job with the instruments that you play, man. You do a great job with the instruments that you play. So talk to us a little bit about your career evolution, you know, how you got to where you are today and what you see for your career's future. Well, starting out, yeah, like I said, I, I was a 9 to 5 working as a firefighter. Oh, when wow. I became an adult. I was, I, I, yeah, I was a firefighter. Okay. Uh, I later became a fire inspector and investigator, you know, okay. going to cause a fire. But I always played music on the side. Yeah. Because I was working, doing other things. But growing up, I was just around a lot of musicians. Whenever, whenever my dad had his friends coming around and they after the gigs, they were playing music and doing stuff. It was like the heroes that landed whenever they got it. Gotcha. Gotcha. And all these musicians, it was just a cool thing to be a musician. Uh, we also had a lot of garage bands uh-huh. in my neighborhood. I mean, every almost everybody was playing back in the day. I don't see that now as much. Yeah. But everybody had something they were playing some instruments. So we had a lot of different people around us playing, but as far as me, me moving into the next realm, I, I kind of went into saxophone after my dad passed. I got his horn. Okay. And I worked on it. I worked on playing, playing the horn and practice and shit and did that kind of thing. And I made that my, my number one instrument. So I started playing the sax. I started recording. Uh-huh. I had all these ideas. I'm going to give you a quick story too about, it was a band I was playing with locally here in town, and uh-huh. they were learning "Can We Talk" by Ke- Tevin Campbell. Oh yeah, you remember the song Tevin Campbell? I sure Can do. We Talk? I sure do. Okay, I realized I've been playing music longer than he's been alive. 
And at that point, I started writing my own songs and recording. Okay, okay. And, 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 that, and so I started recording that back in the mid-90s is when I started doing a lot of that stuff. Got my own equipment, recorded it myself. And, and it wound up going into cable radio and the Weather Channel and a bunch of other places. Okay. You know? and sometimes they say if you take the first step, the, the uh, was it not the environment, but the, yeah, I guess the environment will take you to other places. And yeah. Move in the, um, but then getting the gig and playing with, uh, you know, with Sugarfoot and Ohio players, that was a really experience because I'd always want to play in front of large crowds and audiences yeah. and I got to do it. And my basic goal in music is I want music to take me around the world. And it's Good. taken me several There's still more places to go. Yeah, yeah. Future for me is to now go into that realm and go all over playing music because I enjoy even when I went to Ghana, uh, yeah. West Africa. Man, I played music every day, every night. Uh-huh, uh-huh. There were performers all over the place. We had jazz clubs to go to. I mean, they were playing tunes. They playing, you know, they playing the, the American songbook, basically. I okay, say, you know, okay. Dizzy Gillespie tunes. They playing the Count Basie, all of wow. in, in West Africa. So I love going to other places to play. Another, another thing about traveling and playing, me and my wife went to, we were in Brazil. Okay. In Rio de Janeiro. In Ipanema. Oh, yeah. So during the break, I go and see the, the Brazilian band and I see something, there's something de Ipanema in, in uh, Portuguese. Uh huh. So I go, and I go, da, 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 da. They say, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had my soprano with me. I played the girl from Ipanema in Ipanema. Oh, wow. That's cool. That yeah, is cool. Um, you know, so just going all over, getting the influence of, influences of different music that's my future goal yeah 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 yeah. good for you that's a great goal so you know are there and you talked about you know playing with sugarfoot and the ohio players are there other artists that you would like to collaborate with are there other shows that you want to do that you feel like would be a, a, a milestone for you in your career i'd love to collaborate with other artists mostly guitar players okay probably. okay you know if I ever got a chance to to do do something with, let's say, Norman Brown, yeah. George Benson, any of our players, uh, I mean the list goes on. Just and I think those collaborations that I've heard with guitar and saxophone, I really like those. Yeah, with, yeah, yeah, know. yeah. yeah. Uh, I think Gerald Albright, he does a lot with uh, Norman Norman Brown, mm-hmm. also Kirk Whalow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those things. Another combination that I really like and would like to collaborate with and play with would be trombone players. Okay, okay. And that's from from growing up listening to the Crusaders and that sound at the tenor sax yeah. and the trombone. Uh-huh. And Wilton Felder, I mean, when I think of tenor sax, that Wilton Felder sound for Martin saxophone. Yeah, that's yeah. That's the sound. Okay, okay, cool, 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 cool. Well, let's listen to your take on the Ohio Players hit, Sweet Sticky Thing. This is our guest today, Derwin Daniels.
right, everybody. That was Derwin Daniels with Sweet Sticky Thing. So you talked about, you know, how you decided to cover that song. And you've covered some other songs. So there's millions of songs out there. What is it, how, how do you decide that, you know what, I want, I want to make my version of that song? There's still so many other songs I want to do versions of, you know, and it even changed the groove. But sometimes I pick a tune that hits me in the heart. Mm-hmm. And whenever I play the song, we would open our show a lot of times with that song. And it was the start of everything. I said, I got to do it because yeah. it's just been, you know, and I got help from John Beal, who's a producer in Atlanta. He played the piano and did all of that on the tune. And of course, I actually played all of the instruments on that. Okay. 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 Yeah. And sometimes it's not out of, it's a necessity to get the song done. You know, you may have a, somebody you call and say, Hey man, you're going to lay bass on my tune. You just, yeah, man. And they, I can't make it today. Well, my studio time is today. We got to get it done. You know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> so we'll go in and get it done. But, uh, and I had, uh, Kenya King doing vocals with me on that. She did a great job. Okay. On, on doing the background vocals. But uh, like I said, sometimes it's out of necessity to get the song done. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. So for you, what would you say is the most rewarding thing about being a musician? The most rewarding thing about being a musician is when, and, and I put it this way, when I've produced something in my head and I finally get it done uh-huh. and I perform and a person comes to me and says, I really like that. I mean, that's, that's like, there's nothing better than okay, that. Okay, 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 okay. You know, and, and, and seeing the enjoyment of, of how music can make a change in a person. You know, sometimes I'm in a bad mood. I pull a guitar and play some changes, do something like that. It just music. Okay, think about Jaws without music. Yeah, right. The movie Jaws. Right, right. If you didn't have music, it's just a fish swimming in the water. Yeah, yeah, you're right. The emotions are there. And when I write songs, I always think about different chords and and the chords are they have different meaning mm-hmm. they have different meanings to me minor chord is sad we know major chord is happy but when you put a major seventh i wish i had my uh, my, my guitar right here and i uh-huh. play it for you you know what I mean? yeah 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 <laughs> thinking about all of these different chords and the emotions that they bring out so you know yeah. changing changing the mood that's that's one thing that happens to with me being playing music yeah, yeah. You know, it's interesting you say that. We had on an episode not that long ago, um, unfortunately, he just passed away, Nick Colion. And Nick was um, Nick was talking about, in fact, we were the last interview that Nick ever did. And he was talking about the, what you're talking about is that, you know, good music is a feeling, right? You know, like, you, you know, like, and I know exactly what you said, because I've had Many days like that, where I get up in the morning and maybe don't want to get up and go to work, I get in the car and I and I hear a song that I love, and before you know it, I got a big old smile on my face, and I'm I'm driving down the street singing at the at you know my mouth all wide open, and people looking at me like I'm crazy. But music can do that, and that's one of the beautiful things about music. That's one of the beautiful things about music. Yeah, it's funny. I was talking to my younger brother too, who's a drummer in Houston area. And I told him one day I was on the freeway riding around and I'm listening to uh, John Coltrane's uh, What's okay. the name of the tune? My favorite thing. Favorite things, yeah. And McCoy Tyner, and he just hitting these cards and they just playing and I'm in traffic. I had to cut it off, man. My heart was racing. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right, though. That's all right. 
Yeah, as human yeah, beings, yeah. we're meant to feel, right? We, we're meant to feel emotions. And if we're not feeling emotions, we're not really living. And so that's, you know, music is definitely one of those things that does it. But, you know, I think, so that's the beautiful side of music. What's the most challenging side for you about being a musician? The challenging side is making sure that you can live and perform this art. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. That's the challenge. That when you have people to feed, you have you have all these things to do. And sometimes people take musicians to be more like, I mean, like if a, if a plumber was coming in to do work at this place, plumbers say, this is what we charge. Oh, no problem. Yep. Musicians are like, oh, you do this for fun. So interesting story too. another guy that's a trombone player. I used to play with uh, Stephen, Stephen uh, Wilson. Mm-hmm. He played with the Atlanta Symphony Orchestra for 30 years. And okay. he said, we're not playing, we're going to work or we're we're performing. Yeah. I'm not saying we're because people take it like, you know, so that's, I think that's one of the challenges. Yeah. That, that but that's a really, really good that's a really, really good point though that you're talking about, saying that, you know, we're not playing, we're performing because there's there's value in your art. And I think that again, it's important for people to understand like there are very few people in this world who are just naturally gifted enough to not put in tons of time, tons of effort, tons of energy into being great at something, right? Like, right. like you look at athletes, you know, like, you know, like Tom Brady, LeBron James, it's, it's very well documented how much time they put in to be great, right? And music yeah. is the same thing. And so there's value there. And if you're familiar with Malcolm Gladwell and the book he did called Outliers, he says in that book that you have to put in your 10,000 hours yeah. to be great at everything. Yeah, yeah. I believe that. I believe that completely. I have, I have a daughter who wants to be a, a singer and an actress. And okay. she is um, 16 years old. And I tell her all the time that very thing, that you know what? There is no substitute for the work. There is no substitute for the work. And anybody who wants to be great at anything, they have to grind. They have to grind, you know? And, you know, the thing is, when, when you do it and you, and, and I've, I've seen the results of when I'm sitting in a room, going over a scale, doing this over and over and over. But when I finally can get in front of people and do it, it's like, wow, yeah. I, I got to have to do it, you know? Yeah. And, and, and uh, that's the reward, too, knowing that you can get this, whatever you're trying to do, get it across. After you put in the work. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Well, let's listen to another one of those songs that you put some work in on. This is Going Home by Derwin Daniels.
everybody you just heard going home by today's guest derwin daniel so derwin we do this game we play this game on every episode um of the show and it's called bout it or doubt it okay 
So if, right. if you're about it, it's something you like. If you doubt it, it's something that you're just not feeling, okay? So you interested in playing? Yes. All right, cool. I doubt it. All right, so what we're going to do is we're, we're going to spin the wheel, and we're going to get you a category, and then we're going to ask you a couple about it or doubted questions, okay? All right, Derwin, your category today is TV shows, all right? Okay. About it or doubt it? Sitcoms. About it. About it, okay. Any favorites on that list? The uh, one that's about to end is Blackish. I've been, I yeah, like Blackish. Yeah, that's a good show. That's a really good mm -hmm. show. I hate that that one's ending. I hate that that one's yeah. ending. Yeah, I got into that one too, too, quite a bit. And then the spinoffs, some of the spinoffs of it weren't that bad either. Right, right. Yeah, right. so, okay, all right, we'll do one more for you. The okay. Sopranos. I uh, doubt it. Yeah, you didn't get into The Sopranos, huh? I didn't watch The Sopranos. <laughs> really? Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> is there, like, is that, like, a type of show that you don't generally like, or you just, just never got into it? You know, it's one of those, if I started to watch, I kind of... Watched a couple of episodes where the guy would go talk to the psychologist. And, oh, yeah. You know, and actually he was the mob boss and all that stuff. But I never did get into the characters. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah. But, but look, that, I won't because there are shows that have they've gone off the air and I go back and I watch it. It's like, oh, it's a pretty good show. Yeah, yeah. Cheers was one of those shows. Oh, yeah. I, I love Cheers. I, I didn't watch Cheers, but the reruns, I started watching it. I got into the characters. You know, uh -huh. the writers, they... And I was there. Yeah. Yeah. See, I loved Cheers mm -hmm. back in the day, but then the one of the spinoffs, Frasier, was actually mm -hmm. one of my favorite shows of all time. And okay. lately, I have got, for some reason, I went back and started binge watching The West Wing. I don't know if you remember that show. Uh, yeah, I remember The West Wing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's, that's really good TV. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But you know, so many outlets: Netflix, Amazon Prime. Yeah. Uh, but I'm a doc I'm a documentary guy. I like Okay. Okay, cool. Cool. Any favorite documentaries? Um favorite documentaries. I mean, I love the ones that uh Gates. Okay. Uh, Dr. Gates. Uh-huh. Where he where he takes people back into their history and yeah. things like that. Yeah, yep. I've seen I'm, those. Those are good. Those are good. Yeah. What I'm, what about musical documentaries? Yeah, recurring thing, but oh yeah, uh David Foster. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, the one on uh, Quincy Jones, of course. Yeah, that was a great one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's even one on Marcus Miller. Okay. And I didn't. Marcus was, you know, I got a chance to hear him play upright on that thing by him. And man, I mean, in uh, any of my Miles Davis, I like those too. Yeah, okay. In the, yeah, the one yeah. on Marcus Miller, do you know where you found, what platform you found that on? Because that's one I would love to see. I haven't seen that one. I think Amazon. Okay, yeah, I'll have to Amazon. check. I'll have to check that out. I've also been looking for uh, one of my favorite music documentaries is um, Sting's "Bring On the Night." You know, that was when he had um, Omar Hakim and um, the the late Kenny Kirkland and and yeah, all yeah, yeah. and all of them in his band, and they they did a they did a, sh uh, a documentary on them preparing for that tour, 
And I haven't seen that in a long, long time. And I've been tr- trying to look through streaming platforms to see if I could find it. But, yeah, there's some really good ones out there. There's some really good ones out there. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, any of those two dealing with uh, Charlie Parker. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like those. But, but one I want to really want to see is uh, is one on Clifford Brown because his, his, his life was so short. He died in that car wreck when he was in er- like early 20s or something. Uh-huh. But the music just... You know, it's just great. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, some good, some good options for our for our fans listening in today. You know, to to check out some of those. So, how do you know once you've gone through your process and of creating music? How do you know when a song is ready to be released to the world? If I get it as close as I can to what I'm hearing in my head, mm-hmm. sometimes I record it. I hear something in my head, and it's a little bit different than I heard it. But if okay. I can get it as close as that, then I feel like, okay, I'm ready to, I'm ready to put this out there. Okay. And okay. I've had where I hear a mistake, I hear something going, and I'm like, hmm. Uh, another good one, talk about documentaries, there was one on Kenny G. Yeah, I saw that recently. Yeah. yeah. Kenny G, you know, he, he goes for perfection, though. I mean, yeah. I mean, if it's a note, he can pull that note out and put the right one in. Uh, and just how... You know, it's interesting how he he came about. I used to listen to him when he was with Jeff Jeff Lorber. Yeah, yeah, me too. Back in the day, I mean, he's he's blowing up, and then he plays the other songs, you know, and they they become popular. And so, but you know, that was an interesting one. But yeah, I get it as close as I can, and then I I'll, I'll put it out because there have been things where I said, well, this song I like, this is one of my babies. I call them like my babies. Uh-huh, I put uh-huh. it out, and when somebody else comes back and said, man, I really like this. This hit me a certain way. Yeah, and it's wild. Oh, okay. When you when you put them out, are you is there any trepidation or are you like I've done my best, it's gone or are you like oh man, I I'm, you know, on pins and needles kind of waiting to see what the response is. When you do that, when you create any any art, I could say poetry if you're yeah. an artist, you've opened yourself up and yeah. let everybody see it. Yeah. And that's one of the most difficult things to do is to be vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt about it. Vulnerable. It is tough to do. After a while, you get past it. You just say, you know what? It's better to be out here than in here. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Yeah. And then there's been other artists, too. Okay. The song, I'll Always Love You. Mm Mm-hmm. Whitney Houston doing it. It was, that was a demo. Yeah. Okay. Thing, and they were saying, it was a demo. Kirk Whalen, he he doesn't, it's one note in the solo where Kirk Whalen said, I don't like that note. That's the note I really like that he plays on the solo. And And then, uh, and Clive Davis said, this is, we're going to keep this and put it out. And and, uh, David Foster was like, no, that was just a demo. He said, we're going to put this one out. And that was the demo was actually what we heard. Always one of the most popular songs in the world. Yeah. I never, never knew that that was a demo. Never knew that. That's a great story. in a hotel ballroom or something. Okay. Okay. That's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. So, so what is something that fans would be surprised to learn about you? The fans, something would be surprised. I don't know. Uh, they would be surprised about. Oh, man, that's a tough <laughs> one. <laughs> now, the, oh. the firefighter thing was one, right? Well, oh, yeah. Yeah, so. I worked in emergency services, you know. Uh, I was a scuba diver. Oh, really? Tell tell us about that. I, I was uh, with the fire department. I joined the, the dive rescue team, and I would go get bodies when people drown. No kidding. 
Yeah. So, so yeah. you, so how many, how, how, how many people have you saved doing that? Like, I mean, let me tell you. By the time we, by the time we got the dive rescue truck out and I got my equipment on, it wasn't saving. It was recovery. Okay, it was yeah. recovery. Yeah, yeah. That has to have a huge yeah. impact though on on a person. Yeah, I was much, you know, I was younger doing, I was, it's funny, I was talking to my mom because I'm happy to be here in Beaumont, Texas now. You know, I live in Conyers in the Atlanta area. Okay. But I'm here, I'm here in Beaumont right now and I was at the fire department here and we're on the Gulf Coast. A lot of bodies in water. Yeah. People drown. And yeah, I can remember they say, don't look at the face after someone drowns. Yeah, so the yeah. first thing you look at is the face. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, those kind of things, just being, being in that environment. I, I I'm kind of a fire safety buff around the house with candles and my wife and stuff. You know, uh-huh. it's just like you have to be in a room with the candle with the light and stuff like that. But yeah, that'd be something that you know, I was a yeah. scuba diver. Okay. That. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that is. That is. I'm like you, though, with those candles, too. My daughter loves candles, but I'm like, you do not leave candles unattended ever. Ever. Oh. Ever. I saw a whole family died. It was a family of about five. Mm-hmm. And everybody died, two of the, the younger kids. Wow. Wow. Yeah. 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 Never. Yeah. We I'm I'm like you on that one. So, well, let's take a listen to some more of your music. Um, How about we listen to this is uh, to uh, in your eyes. All right. Okay. Thank you. 
All right, everybody, you just heard In Your Eyes by today's guest, Derwin Daniel. So, Derwin, do you remember the first concert you ever went to see? First concert, I think I went to see Dave Porter. My older sister took me to Porter. But, but alone by myself, me and my younger brother went to see Rolls Royce. Oh, Rolls Royce. Wow. Rolls Royce. All right. <laughs> yes. Uh, I want to get next to you. That was a, that was a, that was a great song. And yeah, car wash, Rose of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to say, I think it was Rolls Royce, Pockets. Uh-huh. And Conf- oh, yeah. And, yeah. And, and I got, I remember seeing Michael Cooper and uh, Felton Pollard and all those guys. And I can call Felton up right now. I've recorded different songs. He'll call me to put sax on things. Because okay. Felton is a, you know, he's, he's the guy with Confunction, heavy duty producer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He produced all of MC Hammer stuff. Okay, okay, okay. I didn't know that. Okay. He produced the song, too, uh, I Can Do Bad By Myself by Jesse James. And so I played some sax solos on Jesse James stuff, too. It's funny, okay. you know. Okay. But I was going to concert to see them when I was younger. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a good show. That would, be, that would have been a great show. I'm a big... Um, I'm a big Confunction fan, too. So I've always loved their music, and I loved Michael Cooper's solo stuff as well, you know? So that was some really, really good stuff. So, all right, so that was the first one. Well, who's the last artist you paid to see? The last artist I paid to see? I think, me, I think we went out to see Earth, Wind & Fire. Okay, 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 cool. Earth, Wind & Fire. Cool. Now, yeah. when, you go, when you go to a show, are you able to just sit oh, and enjoy it? Take that back. Got a friend of mine that's vocalist, the lead vocalist with the Atlantic Star. Okay, okay. But I didn't pay. She said, "Hey, I got, I got you, I got you covered." You gotcha, know? gotcha. That's all right. So it was the Atlantic Star. It was the time and uh, Angela Wimbush. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Angela yeah. Wimbush. Your smile, love that song. Your so, yeah. are you able to when you are when you go to shows? Are you able to sit and enjoy them, or are you analyzing stuff and? Thinking about, oh, bit. I got to incorporate some of that, or a little bit of both. Okay, bit of both. okay, okay. Yeah. Oh, oh, I'm a sponge. I'm absorbing. I'm, I'm watching them do some stuff. Uh-huh. Of course, you know the time I have that thing all day with the mirrors and all that. You know, I mean, they still do all that. Yeah, but try to get get back there and go holler at the musicians and talk with people. You know, if I can. Good, 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 good. That's cool. Yeah, I tell you, it's one of the things we do a jazz festival and. I, I I struggle sometimes. I love going to concerts. That's one of my favorite things. But when I go to jazz festivals, I'm always analyzing stuff, you know, thinking about our event and how can we can do this differently, what I like, what I don't like. And so I've mm-hmm. gotten to a point, it's funny, I was having a conversation uh, on uh, Facebook the other day with Julian Vaughn, and I was asking him, he played our last event, and I was saying, when are you going to be in Chicago next? Because I really would like to just come and listen to you and enjoy you because when you were at our show, I was, I couldn't enjoy you because I'm thinking about everything, you know? Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So I loved, there's a couple questions I love to ask all of our guests. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to take you through those paces right now. Tell us, okay. tell us your favorite three albums of all time. Um, favorite three albums. One is would be West Montgomery with the West coast blues. Okay. Um, albums where i listen to the albums one would have to be an earth wind and fire album i mean I yeah just, yeah I'm yeah, a yeah. Fan. one with in the stone and all that uh i am i think is the name of that one maybe. okay and uh 
Tower of Power. It's got to be a oh, Tower of Power. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a I good could never, could never get tired of listening to that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so cool because, you know, we don't see, we don't see horn sections like that anymore, you know? And the stuff that they can do, to they, like the synchronization of what they do always boggles my mind. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, they, yeah. And, you know, they just come, it was in that era was strong horn band. And then we still go out as a tribute. We have a tribute band called Fire. Okay. And we do the Ohio Play songs. So we still hit those horn parts because they had a lot of, they had a lot of, lot of horns in their stuff too. Yeah, you know? yeah, they did. They did. But Tower Power, yeah, the way they put those horns in. And if you think about it, the basis behind their music was James Brown. Yeah, yeah. You can hear James Brown all, all underneath. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. It's a really, really good point. So, Darwin, tell us what the rest of 2022 holds for you and your music. Uh, the rest of it is going out performing. Okay. And getting past COVID, of course. Yeah, going, yeah. Going out to perform and in live venue and recording a new project okay okay when can we expect your new project you know i want to i want to start working on it maybe in uh march okay have it done by at least by summer okay good and yeah and i have a i have a i have a christmas song that and and i was saying uh, melissa pierce who sings with uh with atlantic star she wrote lyrics to a instrumental christmas song that i did called holiday house okay and uh so I'd like to beef that up and put some other things with that one and create an EP, maybe a, a project with, with that, with her singing that Holiday House song. Good, yeah. good. Well, let us know, man. Keep us, uh, keep us abreast of what's going on with your music and your career, man. Yeah, man. It's been great talking with you, too. And, uh, you know, and, and Suzanne hadn't talked to her much in the background, but I'll tell her thanks for, for holding everything down. On Absolutely, me. man. We really appreciate you being on the show, man. And we wish you continued success, Derwin. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you. I want to take a moment to thank our original and ongoing sponsor of the Fresh Coast Jazz Festival, Laffy Lightner and Good. LLG is Milwaukee's premier civil litigation firm with a national reputation for big firm results for its clients. Their relentless commitment to clients in the courtroom is matched only by their authentic and consistent commitment to their Milwaukee home. Thanks, LLG, for supporting Fresh Coast Jazz. I also want to let you know that our 2022 Fresh Coast Jazz Festival will take place August 26th through 28th at the Paps Theater in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. This year's lineup features Najee, Bob James, Adam Hawley, Alex Bunyon, Gabriella Anders, Marcus Adams, Vandell Andrew, Blair Bryant, and more. Get your tickets now by going to freshcoastjazz.com. That's our show for this week. Be sure to check out our website, freshcoastjazz.com, to sign up for our email list so you can stay up on what's going on with contemporary jazz. We'll see you next time on Fresh Coast Jazz Backstage. 